Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Everybody, thanks for joining us on the AP Laboratory, the first episode of 2021, kicking it off right. Hope you all had a great ending to uh, a miserable year. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we're gonna game preview the Week 17 game. We're gonna do things a little bit differently. We'll talk about that here in a second. But first, let me introduce you to my pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what did you do? for new year's wait this is the game preview i was told this was a draft podcast and that's the only reason i returned this week i (laughs) i was gone for a minute uh okay i guess the chiefs do play a game this week um for new year's i recorded a podcast with my two great pals and then i probably sat down I'm, i'm speaking for the future matt right now but i probably sat down afterwards and watched a lot of college prospects the rest of the night while i drank a margarita so that's what i did craig what's your night gonna entail mine's gonna be very similar only it's scotch and it's also very similar to what i've done with pretty much the entire week prior to this we have watched so much college football this week it's been glorious we are ready to talk draft with you guys but not yet because we do have a chiefs game to talk about this week We'll do some draft stuff next week because your Kansas City Chiefs have a bye. And this Week 17 game doesn't mean much of anything from a positioning standpoint because the best player in the world, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, didn't need Week 17 to secure the bye like another MVP candidate on the other side. I'm just saying. Uh, but Don't sleep Ryan Tannehill, your EPA uh, king. <laughs> We're uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're not going to do three storylines on offense and defense because we don't need to spend an entire five-minute segment talking about Chad Henney. We are going to do players we most want to see in this game. It could be players that maybe are even on the practice squad. And then we're also going to do players that can help themselves the most for 2021 with their performance, which we expect some of these guys to play because the likes of Patrick Mahomes and some of these other starters are likely getting a break. So, we will start with Craig. Craig, a player you most want to see get a lot of run in Week 17 against Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. Go. It's Willie Gay Jr., just like everybody wants to see. Like, the number one player on the Chiefs roster that everybody wants to see this week is Willie Gay Jr., He needs the reps. We've talked about it profusely throughout the season as the reason why he's not getting on the field. This game's going to do him a lot of good, and I'm very excited to see. Because here's the deal. Last year, or last week, Anthony Hitchens was on the reserve COVID list. 
They didn't know for sure whether or not he was going to be able to play. If he got five negative tests as a high-risk close contact, then he would have been able to return. We don't know when that changed throughout the week. Willie Gay probably did not get the full reps as a starting buck linebacker mentally and physically last week. This week he will. I think you can expect that he's going to come, he's going to show up, he's going to be the starter all week and practice like the starter. So he's going to get that full treatment. I want to see what a week worth of that looks like. I want to see how he comes out of the gate, if he looks a little sharper mentally, if he's able to process things a little bit quicker. And we've seen as the game goes along that he's gotten a little bit better. So just continue to give him these reps, put him in these conflict situations and get him NFL speed reps because he desperately needs them going forward into 2021. So since I missed our mailbag question, which I haven't really got to express my feelings about this Chiefs linebacker group right now, I'm just going to take this moment to say I too am excited to see Willie Gay Jr. because there's a lot of room for improvement. I understand that he was giving a very good grade from somebody who grades the game supposedly. I don't know how they pulled that off because Willie Gay Jr. had a lot of struggles. He looks like a fantastic athlete. He looks like a guy that belongs on a football field. He looks like an NFL player. He's just playing mentally slow right now, and part of that's the lack of experience. You like games like this because it gets him on the field. It gets him the mental reps. He can actually improve. I don't understand why we would want to put him into the starting lineup right now, though. Like, I think last week with him playing a full set of reps shows you exactly why he has not been starting or a major player for the Chiefs so far, because there is a huge gap to go from what he's able to process. And even with his athleticism, he still can't get to all these spots because he's just so late. You want to see him, like Craig said, with the full week of practice, knowing he's going to start. Can he be a little bit quicker? to go down the hoof? Can he read the play a little bit faster? Can he see his keys earlier in the count and not follow every misdirection or let every fullback get into the flat untouched? You want to see that improvement. He got better in the second half. You want to see him get better in this game than he did in the second half. And then you have a guy that's looking really good going into the playoffs into next year. Maybe you don't have to, you know, feel like you need to spend a first round pick on a linebacker then. Yeah, I mean, even if the results weren't great, this week um, from a Willie Gay. And it wasn't like it was an entirely – it wasn't an entire dumpster fire. There was still no. some There was still some positive moments there from Willie Gay. It, those, those were really valuable snaps, extremely valuable, and he's going to get more valuable snaps here. It's huge for his development, and I'm excited to see him as well. Uh, all right, Maddie, it's your turn to unveil the player you most want to see in Week 17. I mean, I want to see the defensive – player of the year, Legereus Sneed. And I want to see if they're going to play him at outside corner. Are they going to keep him in the slot for this game? Are they going to show his versatility by kicking him back outside? Is he going to maintain his same role? I don't think he plays the whole game. I think he's earned his starting job. So he's going to play a little bit because he's a rookie. Maybe, you know, maybe more than a little bit, but he won't play the whole game. I just want to see how the Chiefs use him. Can he, without having Tyron Matthew, Dan Sorensen, kind of the rest of those starters out there, can he still show up and thrive like he has this season? Can he still be the same playmaker that's making plays in the backfield, plays on the ball, locking down slot receivers, or will they kick him out? So, like, how do they envision LeJarius Sneed going forward? I think this game will tell you if they see him as this full-time kind of slot defender, 
or as an outside corner in the future. Because if he stays in the slot for this game, I imagine that's what they see his role going forward, which I'm not going to complain about because they've been getting him on the field for 90% of the snaps as of late. I fully expect that we are going to see, like Maddie said, Legereus need for a little while here. I think we're going to see all the rookies. I, I don't think there's any rookie that's really, unless there's an injury, that's not going to get some run. I too want to see where he's going to line up. I think that it's probably on the boundary because that's where he started week one. I just think that Spagnolo is very comfortable with Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland, and I would have been very interested to see what they would have done with that rotation in that group if Legereus Sneed had got, not gotten hurt. It does not matter where he's going to play, though. He is going to get an interception this week because Legereus Sneed. Do you know what I'm fascinated to see with Legereus Sneed? I'm interested to see if he even plays. <laughs> maybe he's in that maybe he's in that tier. That top tier guys where they don't want it, they don't want to they want to protect him. Almost like uh Craig's blue chip. Didn't you status. yeah, didn't you ridicule me for calling that's him a blue I'm, chip player that's what earlier? I'm saying. That's the okay. point. I want to find out if he plays. Maddie, I, I know couldn't you probably- buy no, I say I could buy a rest for a guy that got injured in the middle of the season. Like, I think that's absolutely a possibility okay, because he did have an injury in the middle of the year. I just don't know if there's enough bodies because you're going to have to assume that Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland won't play because of the veterans. Like, I, it would be hard for me to say that you're going to rest Legereus Sneed but not rest veterans like Ward and Breland. I just don't know how well that would go over for, like, the locker room or at least for those two guys themselves. I mean, you're you're tr- you're right. There is a limit on the number of players that they can hold back, because I mean, they can only call up two practice squatters. So they can play with twenty-two guys. I don't think so. That's a good mm-hmm. point, Matthew. My guy uh, probably shouldn't be all that surprising. Uh, the guy I want to see the most is Bo Pete Keys, the sixth round pick out of Tulane. It's a guy that the Chiefs traded back into the draft to acquire. They are they tra- is a seventh round pick. Sorry, they surrendered a twenty twenty one sixth round pick. In order to get this guy, they believe in the player enough to surrender a future asset. And he's a guy that, you know, we really haven't got to see a ton of opportunities on defense. We've seen him on special teams, playing as a gunner, playing as a vice. Um, But there's a lot to like about this guy. And he looked like a player that probably needed a year uh, just to develop coming out. He was a pretty raw player, but what you liked about him was the length, the athleticism, the ball skills. They all were part of his game that you really like to see. Just needs some technical work, uh, just just more continued reps and good coaching. And it's going to be fascinating to see what his developmental arc has been from when we saw him in college to now because we really have not gotten much of a sample size at all of them. And this is a guy I think you're going to see a lot of. I think they're going to just throw him out there and let him get some run. And I'm interested to see what happens with it. I have absolutely no clue what to expect from Thakarius Bo Keys when he gets on the field. Because, like Ken said, we haven't really seen him. You haven't seen him since he played in college, and even then, he was very much a raw player who was fun. There was a lot of intriguing traits, but there was a long way to go. So, like, this will be a good game to see if what improvements he's made, what jumps he's made. I do remember that he was injured during some of whatever the limited camp was they had this year, so that probably put him even farther behind. Like, where is he at now? I don't know. I have zero level of expectations because I just don't know what to think about him right now. So this will kind of be like your first real look at Bo Pete Keys in the NFL. And I mean, that is exciting. You want to see what you have there. I have a hard time relying 
on a seventh round draft pick going into the next year, but maybe he shows you something that you feel okay with him rounding out kind of the bottom end depth chart at corner and not just as a special teams player. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You didn't get enough Bo Peep keys in week seven when he played eight snaps at the end of that Denver game. I mean, elite lockdown corner. He was targeted once, incomplete pass on fourth down. He was fantastic. No, this is this is the first real extensive, you know, snaps that a player that's gotten next to no live reps all season long not even in preseason where these coaches can really evaluate these players so it's exciting to see it because he is an athlete he moves really well he's got terrific ball skills I think that he's a guy that could be sticking on the roster just because he's got a lot of the stuff that Steve Spagnuolo appreciates in his cornerback group so I'm very curious to see how much run he gets a and B, how he looks out there going against some, you know, obviously a giant step up in competition. We'll probably see a lot of Rashad Fenton this week too, but here's one interesting little little number for you. Here's his last four games snap percentage on the defensive side of the ball. 0% snaps against Denver on defense. 47 against Miami. 5% against New Orleans. 0 against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm interested. That's something to monitor. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with players that we think can help themselves for 2021 on the other side of the break. Right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we've talked about players that we most want to see in the Week 17 game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now it's time to talk about players that can help themselves the most for 2021. And what? Sorry, this is wild that we're getting to talk about this. I'm sorry. This is just, it's so cool. The Chiefs have the one seed. They took care of business in the regular season. They didn't rest on the laurels. They're trying to run it back, and they put themselves in the best possible position to run it back. How great is that? Anyways, Craig, who could help themselves the most in 2020 for 2021? Go. Colin Saunders. Third round pick last year. Came into this season. Everybody kind of had some hopes for him. Kind of hoped that he would grow a little bit more as a player, become a little bit of a pass rusher, you know, guy that could rotate in in this group. Instead, he has been inactive. He has basically been dumped by this organization every single week in favor of Turk Wharton. This is the first opportunity because that that group has actually been pretty surprisingly healthy, all things considered, all season long. So 
he is the guy that will probably be elevated. He's going to get a lot of snaps because they're not going to risk some of these guys. They're certainly not risking Chris Jones. I bet you Derek Nottie only goes for maybe half the game at most. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Pinnell, Turk Wharton, and Colin Saunders. But that being said, Colin Saunders has a lot to prove because as it stands right now, this coaching staff isn't exactly super fond of him. He needs to show some life. I think that he's capable of doing so. I think he's capable of being a rotational defensive lineman on this team with a little bit of growth. We didn't see it at the beginning of the year. He hasn't been getting reps all season long. So this game might be the audition for 2022 and beyond. We've seen that they're not afraid to cut guys. They cut Breland Speaks, a second round pick this offseason. If Colin Saunders doesn't show up in this game and doesn't look the same way next year, they really can't have anything to go off of other than, you know, what he's done to date. And frankly, for them, it's not been good enough. I think Colin Saunders is playing for a job next year. Like, I mean, I think it could be as early as next year that he would be gone. Not that they're keeping him around this year. And I think that clearly means they're giving him a chance. But if he comes out in this game and isn't particularly impressive, he doesn't make a mark. And then when camp gets going next year, he's the same thing's happening. I don't think he makes the final roster next year because you don't really have anything to hang your hat on if you're Colin Saunders. Like you're a little bit undersized for a nose tackle. You're not. You're got some explosion, but you're just so laid off the snap. Tershawn Wharton has come in and done your, the exact same job, but significantly better. You're you're a three tech backup that hasn't really provided any level of pass rush. Great, it was only as a rookie, but like what has he done so far? Like this is his chance to prove himself, and if he can't make it work. I mean, not, I'm not saying they'll cut him for sure, but it's just going to be hard to roster a guy who's kind of only playing as a backup three-tech when he's going to be the third-best three-tech on your team for a defensive coordinator and defensive line coach that also like to move big defensive ends inside on passing situations. There's just not a roster spot for that guy if he's not able to show some flashes in this game versus a average at best interior offensive line when they're healthy and they might not even be fully healthy at this point in time so he needs a big game I think going into next year's camp yeah he's a guy that just doesn't have any real opportunities on film for the majority of this year and so this this is a good jumping off point for him into uh you know the offseason which is going to be massive for his career it's going to kind of really help shape and mold you know kind of the trajectory of his career I think um, he's got to be. He's got to start with earning snaps on the NFL field, and he hasn't been able to do that. He got beat out by Turk Wharton, which obviously Turk Wharton's awesome, but you're you're the you're the top 100 pick. He's not. So it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, the next six, seven, eight months with him. All right, Maddie, who you got? My guy's McCole Hardman, and I think this might come as a bit of surprise to some people, but uh, McCole Hardman has taken zero jumps. This year from his rookie season, he's actually regressed. He's going to play a few more snaps, but as going into this final week, the percentage of snaps is the exact same as last year, despite Sammy Watkins being hurt. Despite Demarcus Robinson making boneheaded air after boneheaded air, he's still playing the same percentage of snaps. He's currently sitting with a lot more targets, more catches, but the same number of yards, less touchdowns. His yards per target is down about five yards from last year. He's been less efficient than he was last year as a rookie. The Chiefs have not figured out 
how to use him any more than they did as a rookie in this offense. Here is a chance for him to no longer be this accessory piece, no longer be a guy that you have to manufacture everything for. He now gets to be a little bit more of a focal point. Not that he wasn't when Watkins was hurt, but now he gets a chance to be a bigger focal point. He doesn't have to share the same role as Tyreek Hill. Can he impress? Can McCole Hardman come out and have a big game or a really good game in this situation? Because if not, if he ends with the same general stat line as he did last year as a rookie, despite you know the less less efficiency because of more targets, what are you doing going forward? You can't rely on him to be a number two wide receiver. It seems like the Chiefs are unsure if they can rely on him to be a number three wide receiver. This is a game that he needs. Much like Colin Saunders, he needs this game for his future in Kansas City because right now, He's been the same guy as a rookie to his second year, despite ample opportunity, and he still can't even earn the opportunities. Now, to to clarify here, I don't think Maddie's saying he's the same as Colin Saunders in that they're going to move on from him if Absolutely he does not. not play well. No, no, he he will be on this roster for the entirety of his rookie contract. But Tyree Kill plays eighty five percent of the snaps. McCall Hardman plays. About 44% of the snaps. That means he's on the field a lot at the same time as Tyreek Hill. Now he's going to get the full Tyreek Hill route tree. They're going to give him that role because Tyreek Hill is certainly not playing. They're resting that hamstring. It's going to be very interesting to see what he does in year two with the Tyreek Hill route tree. Now last year we know Tyreek missed a little bit of time. They It was very early in McColl's development. Very curious to see how he looks when he gets tasked with that sort of responsibility. If he comes out and he looks good, even with Chad Henney at the helm, not a guy who's going to push things vertically, but if he looks much better running those routes, it kind of explains why he's there. That insurance for Tyreek Hill, the, the ability to keep that speed on the field, have that vertical stretch like we've talked about all along with him, but I don't know that it spells any sort of advancement or anything for 2021 unless he just really comes out and has a really terrific day with that full route tree curious to see how it looks yeah I think it'd just be a good opportunity for him to you know get some confidence just going into the playoffs which they're going to need him in some capacity and then just you know a good like it's kind of like it's a good springboard for his confidence heading into a massive offseason for him the regression like He's not like everyone talked about how he just needed more targets. Just give him more targets because he's so good on a per target basis. Well, they gave him more targets and nothing changed. It got worse. It didn't get better. It didn't get stay flat. He became less than efficient. They, they've got to find a way to integrate him more into the offense. Unless Tyreek Hill is out, he's had a hard time being old, uber productive. So this is a chance for him to kind of have that opportunity to, to, to flex his muscles a little bit with Tyreek Hill likely not playing. Give him that chance to to kind of you know some of the situations that he's been productive when or when Tyreek Hill's not there. Well, Tyreek Hill's not going to be there. Let's see what happens. Uh, my guy is if if you've been listening to this show for the last month, you know who this is going to be. It's DeAndre Baker. Uh, this is a a guy. I, it's going to be first first off. I think it's going to be fascinating what the Chiefs ultimately do with him because they've already called him up twice. They called him up last week, did not make him active. So. That was just literally burning one of their options for him. So they have a do-or-die decision on DeAndre Baker for Week 17. Um, So do they put him on the active roster and finally get rid of Ricky Seals-Jones? What happens with DeAndre Baker first off? like I think that's just one of the most interesting questions right there is are they just going to unleash him? 
um, because if they put him on the roster and the active roster for you know for this week, uh, they have him under club control for next year as an exclusive rights free agent because he's on the active roster. Now, obviously, they could sign him to a futures contract from the practice squad if he wants to continue, but it opens the door for another team to come in and step in and take away take him away from them. But if he's on the roster for week 17 and moving forward, well, now you have him under club control, and that could start a potential three years of club control on a former first-round pick. This is a guy we haven't seen a ton of opportunities. We saw him on special teams. It was ugly. Uh, he did not make a positive impression on special teams. Not particularly great effort. Wasn't really you know, that interested in trying to make a play on a guy. Um, but fascinating if we're going to get to see him get some reps against the Chargers on defense. Let's see what this team has and if he's even active. Talking with some people that kind of covered the Giants a little bit more last year or just have any fans, Baker got better as the year went on. He had a really rough start, and a lot of them said he kind of settled in a little bit more down the stretch. He played a little bit better. You're now going essentially an entire year from when he last played meaningful football. What does he have? Is he in shape to play? I would expect there's going to be a lot of issues, like not issues, but you might see parts where he doesn't understand everything he's supposed to do because he's only been here for a few weeks. It's been over a year with a new system for a second year playing in the NFL, so on and so forth. But does he just look like a guy that fits? Like you can tell pretty early, especially with quarterbacks, like positions that are athletes, if they just look like they fit, if they look like they're going to be a guy that belongs in the NFL. I mean, I think he's proven he can. He was a first round pick. But is that the same DeAndre Baker that the Chiefs are getting? That's all you want to see. If you see a guy that just moves in the NFL like a first-round pick or even just a you know top 100 pick does, you feel really good if you're the Chiefs going into next year because that gives you security to not have to you know bring back both Traverius Ward and Bashad Breland and just gives you just a lot more flexibility going forward. So I just want to see how he moves out there. Does he look like the same guy that got drafted in round one or not? Yeah, I... It- He's playing for his job for 2021 as well. Like he he went through a very tumultuous season. A lot of stuff happened with him. The Chiefs end up with him. He comes here knowing full well that 2021 this this cupboard's going to be a little bit bare potentially at the cornerback position. So he's got a shot to get on the field, at least make the 53-man roster in that slot. But they've also got a lot of young guys. And they've been trending a lot more athletic than DeAndre Baker. A lot, maybe a little bit more speed on the outside than DeAndre Baker's got. So it's not necessarily a like-for-like like with some of the things like the Bo Peak Keys or the Legereus Need that we've seen them go after and try and get. That athleticism in the secondary. He's closer to like a Bashad Breland or, you know, maybe a little bit of a Charvarius Ward. Not as long, but... A guy that can play on the outside. He was obviously good enough. The NFL thought so. Drafting him very high. He's got to show up. He's got to show that he's locked into Spags' scheme, that he's learned from Sam Madison, because it does sound like Sam Madison was the one who pounded the table for DeAndre Baker. Show that he's ready to work. He's ready to be here. Because it's it's not going to happen here in the playoffs or anything like that. But if he can show up like that, they may pass on cornerback in the draft, especially high, knowing that they've got a guy like this on the roster. In typical Maddie fashion, he couldn't keep it to one. So we're going to give him a chance to have another another guy that he thinks can help himself for 2021. I think this is one that is from all three of us, not just me. 
Darius Harris. <laughs> I think he did an admirable job against the Falcons, coming in on very short notice, coming in to have to place, replace Ben Neiman, calling the defense. I think that he did a better job controlling the defensive front than Ben Neiman did. Maybe he didn't get everybody else on the same page, but I saw him calling more adjustments than I thought Ben Neiman did when the Falcons went in motion and when things changed. I think he understands the game relatively well. I am excited to see him, like we talked about with Gilly, Willie Gay, with a whole week of practice and what he's able to do. I don't know if he's an NFL athlete. I just talked about DeAndre Baker wanting to see him look like a first-round player. I don't know if Darius Harris is ever going to look like a guy that stands out on the football field. He's not that big. He's not that athletic. He just doesn't move like a starting NFL linebacker. But to be a solid backup, to be a good backup, you know, second team Mike, he really could dig his heels into that position, maybe keep his roster spot going forward so they maybe don't feel like they need a Ben Neiman to come back. Yeah, I'm very curious to see Darius Harris as well because it doesn't look like Ben Neiman's going to play this week, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, even if he's just a little dinged up, he's the guy that they trust in the dime. And whether or not you agree with it, I don't want to lose that guy for the playoffs because I, it, Spagnuolo trusts him. They need him. At this point, I don't want to be shifting major parts of this defense if I can avoid it. So I want to see Darius Harris out there. Again, another guy I talked about earlier, Willie Gay, maybe not knowing that he was going to be you know, the full rep buck guy, you know, the get all of those reps. Darius Harris certainly didn't know that he was going to get all of those mic reps. He was prepping to be maybe the Sam because if you know Ben Neiman has been playing the Sam with Anthony Hitchens in and Willie Gay in as well with Damian Wilson out I think that you're going to see a better version of Darius Harris than we saw this week I think you're going to see a lot more understanding I I'm with Matty I liked what he was doing at the line when there was motion making adjustments I think that you're going to see Willie Gay and Darius Harris play pretty well together certainly much better than they did and I didn't even think that they were awful awful but you're going to see an improvement, and that's going to help both of those guys. I want to see how they come out and defend the run, how they drop into coverage, and make sure that everything in a brand new group of players, how connected it seems. If it seems more connected than last week, then that means that Darius Harris is doing a phenomenal job. And that means that that's a guy that you can really kind of hang your hat on as maybe a backup Mike in 2021, a position that I've been clamoring for the Chiefs to go out and get. And once again, Saves you a draft pick, knowing that Anthony Hitchens is going to be there and be the starter if you can keep Darius Harris on the roster as a guy that can kick into that role and do it at, an, at a pretty good clip, then you feel pretty good about where your linebackers are. All right, guys. Prediction time. Craig, what you got? This game doesn't matter, period. For Realistically, for, for either team, um, the Chargers are going to play more of their starters. I, they're going to be down Keenan Allen, I know. They're going to be down Joey Bosa, I know. There's a bunch of guys that aren't playing for them as well, but they are still going to put their starters in for the whole game. And they're going to play the whole game. It's going to be sloppy. You know the Chiefs offense isn't going to be particularly effective. You know the defense is going to be a little bit out of sorts and confused. I think the Chargers do win this one with a late Justin Herbert touchdown. 23 to 17, harming their draft stock while not hurting the Chiefs' ability to continue to maintain the one seed that they already won. 
I'm with Craig here. This game really doesn't mean much, I don't think, to the Chiefs at all. This isn't like the last time they were resting starters where you wanted to see, you know, the number 10 overall pick that you traded up for and what he can do. We, uh, we're resting the guys that are the future of this team. I don't know if the Chiefs' energy level will necessarily be lacking, but I think as the game goes on, you will see there's going to be a lack of experience out on the field. There's going to be a lack of playmakers, especially for the Chiefs. And I think Justin Herbert's been phenomenal. I am actually sad that he's been this good because he was a quarterback that I wanted to see in the AFC West if I had to see one, and he's been really good. I think the Chargers kind of control this one all the way through by the simple Mahomes rule. They have the best player on the field in Justin Herbert, and he plays quarterback. So I have the Chargers winning 27-14 to 14 as the Chiefs offense kind of struggles to move the ball a little bit without being 100% into this game. I think an Andy Reid team is going to keep this close. Because that's just what Andy Reid teams do. Chase Daniel gave the Chargers fits uh, in the past. Uh, you know, we've seen this team without anything to play for in Week 17 win a few games. Hello, Patrick LeVon, Mahomes' first game. Obviously, it was because the best player in the world was getting his first shot. But Tyler Bray. Oh, <laughs> Tyler Bray. My man is just actively trying to lose that game for the Chiefs. They have to put Mahomes back in. But... Talk talk about it, Craig. Anyways, uh, I'm not even going to give you a chance to respond. I think Andy Reid keeps it close. I think this is an ugly football game. Uh, I think it's 20-17 to 17 Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs put up a good fight. Some young guys show some promise. We have a little bit of fun, and we get ready for the draft the ne next week with an extra special AP draft show, and then we watch your favorite football team in the playoffs a couple weeks later defend their Super Bowl title. That is going to do it for the AP Laboratory Game Preview. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great new year. Appreciate you all. We'll catch you later.